Welcome to the LFC Podcast, where our mission is to make, deploy, and multiply mature and equipped Christ followers. We're grateful for this opportunity to bring you a message of hope, healing, and life transformation today. Enjoy the message. Well, over the past couple weeks, we have been not just talking about just the Christmas story of what we think the shepherds were nearby. We're going to cover that next week. But we're looking at the entire big picture of the Christmas story. And if you remember, we really broke it down from the very first onset of when the angel of the Lord visited Mary, right? And he came to her and he said, hey, hey, lady, you're a high five. You look awesome. Your hair looks great, right? You know, he's giving her the high fives and all of a sudden she's like, what do you want? Right? What's going on here? And he said, hey, listen, the presence of God is over, going to shadow, overshadow you. You're going to bear a son. And she's like, how can this be? Because I'm a virgin. There's no way. And he said, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. You're going to give birth to a son. And he said, he told her, he said, hey, listen, uh, even your uh, cousin, a relative of yours, Elizabeth, she is six months into her pregnancy and just want you to know that, that I'm, I'm with her too. And so Mary takes off from there and she goes and visits Elizabeth. And as soon as she walks into the room and says, you're never going to believe what happened, right? I'm paraphrasing. All of a sudden, the baby that was within Elizabeth's womb jumped. Who was it that's within? Who is she carrying? She was carrying John, which we know as John the Baptist, the forerunner. He was making the way of the Lord. Here she was. The baby leaped within her. She was filled with the Holy Spirit. Everyone's rejoicing and everyone's giving high fives, right? Even before they even knew what a high five was. So over the past couple weeks, we've broken down and tried to pull out some deeper truths from these Christmas stories, uh, this Christmas story in general. And here's some of the things that we have found out over the past two weeks about Christmas miracles. Christmas miracles happen when we will actually lend God our ear. In other words, we're going to listen. We're going to listen to Jesus. Christmas miracles happen when we desire to understand his, his plan. It, they happen when we actually will take God at his word, right? It happens when we allow the Holy Spirit to move through us. Christmas miracles happen when we actually let blessings flow from our mouths and learn not to say, bro, right? I mean, if you didn't know what that means, watch last Sunday and you'll you'll figure it out. Let blessings flow from our mouths. And Christmas miracles happen when we will actually rejoice in the Lord. Thank God. Bless him. Well, as we dig deep into this story, here's another truth that we pulled out of this. Christmas miracles will actually happen when we not only rejoice in the Lord, but when we learn to rejoice with other people. Be happy for other people. You tracking with me? Be happy. When people are happy, be happy for them. We see it right here in Luke chapter 1, verse 57. When it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. Now listen, before the, there, went, there was no, uh, you know, ultrasounds. There was no check your blood type and we'll see, you know, through, through bloodlines and DNA what kind of child. There was nothing. This was a prophetic fulfillment of what has been spoken. 
right? This was a prophetic fulfillment. When it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been merciful to her, what did they do? They threw shade at her. They got on Facebook. Well, I know what she did, right? You know, no, they didn't. They, everyone rejoiced with her. Have you ever known that? Have you ever seen that? When someone has a blessing come forth from their life and then you've got the haters. You got the haters. Can I tell you, here's what it really is. It's jealousy that is manifesting in their lives and they simply can't be happy with anyone because they're mad at God because God never does anything in my life. Is that not true? Is that not true? And the Bible talks about jealousy. And I mean, it's, it's not like just dainty tiptoeing it in. The Bible comes in and talks about jealousy and the spirit of jealousy. Says it in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30. It says this, that a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. That'll preach in today's society about getting healthy. A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. But jealousy is like can in the bones. When someone is jealous, not only it is, it, does it manifest on the outside and it's yucky, it's, it's ooh, I don't want to be around those type of people. How many know what I'm talking about? You, you, you're just around them and they exude just attitude, right? Well, the Bible says this, they're actually rotting from within, that's what jealousy will do to you, my friends. And if you are here today and you're dealing with jealousy and you're not able to be happy for other people when good things happen with them, you can be sure that you are rotting from the inside and it's just simply coming out. Look at what else the Bible says about jealousy. And boy, it is, it is, this one is rough. James chapter three, it says this, if you are wise and you understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life. In other words, don't just talk about it, do it. Don't just talk about it, be it. Doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous, and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy, and boy, here it is, for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, they are unspiritual, and here it is, you don't really think about it, but it's actually demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder. And look at the word structure of this. Every kind of evil. Come on, someone talk to me. Come on, 11 a.m. Give, give me some feedback here. This is the real deal. And here we are, we want miracles to happen. We want signs and wonders and God to do something. You see, a miracle is actually something that you and I cannot do. 
It's something that is greater than us. It's something that we need some sort of divine intervention. But listen, where there is jealousy and you're not able to rejoice with other people in their time of rejoicing, can I suggest to you there's something demonic going on Listen, within you that you need to get rid of because there's cancer, not physical cancer, but there's spiritual cancer rolling around. You gotta get rid of that. Why? Because wherever there is jealousy, there's every other kind of evil. Man, that, that is, that's a wicked googly and I don't even know what that is. But that's craziness. That is absolutely craziness talking about we have got to get rid of jealousy and learn to just be happy with other people. Don't be, don't be hacked off when someone gets, a, gets a, a raise and they get a bonus. Listen, they work for that, friends. Be happy and rejoice with them. The Bible says it in Romans chapter 12. Rejoice with those who rejoice Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony. There it is. Live in harmony with everyone. Don't be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Don't be conceited. Don't repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. But here we are. We need God to do some sort of miracle in our life. But instead of fixing our eyes upon him, the author and the finisher of our faith, we're too busy being jealous and we got our eyes on other people in their situation. But yet we claim we want miracles to happen. Some might say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me help me. You see, Christmas miracles will happen, and I believe can happen, when we learn to rejoice with other people. The second one is this. Christmas miracles happen when we, number two, we will actually come into agreement with God's plans. Have you ever had a plan that God laid out for you, and you're like, uh, hold, hold on a second, It's like you are a part of the heavenly board and you actually have a voice in all of this, right? And and it's like God of heaven's universe gives you a moment with a marker board and a, a dry erase marker so you can go up there and correct the deficiency in his plan. You see, we've got to come into agreement with God's plan even when we don't agree with it. Come on, someone talk to me today. You need a little caffeine. You need a little job of Jesus in your bones. Come on, come on. Look at this, coming to agreement with God's plan. Now, I want you to see this in Luke chapter one. And here's what's interesting. This has nothing to do with Mary, Joseph, the donkey, and the dinosaur one open sleigh that the little gal talked about last Sunday, right? In Luke chapter one, it says this. When the baby was eight days old, remember Elizabeth, John the Baptist? Everyone came in for the circumcision ceremony. And they wanted, to, they wanted. Have you ever had somebody else? Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. Have someone else, they want to name your baby for you. Uh-huh. And all the ladies are like, yes, there's jealousy. No, I'm just joking. I'm joking. 
No, that's just being a good mama, right? They wanted to name him Zachariah after his father. That sounds like a good name, right? I told, I told everyone, don't, don't name your kids Daryl, right? I got that. I will bear the burden. It's okay, right? Right? And they said, but Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. What? And now everyone's getting like, what? And now they're on, they're on social media. What, can you believe that she's going to name him John? Right? Can you even believe that? That is just a disgrace. That, that, they're not even carrying on the family name. Uh, this is what you're doing. This is what I want you to do. Come on, someone talk to me here. But Elizabeth said, no, his name to be John. And there is no one in your family by that name. So they gestured to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him. Zachariah was standing right there. And he motioned for an iPad, right? And he said, hey, listen, I need to write this down. And he said this, his name is John. And instantly, here's what's crazy. Instantly, Zachariah could speak again, and he began praising God. Now, let's flip to the other part of the story. Here's what happened. Zachariah was a priest, and at that particular time, it was his duty of his tribe to be working in the tabernacle. And they all cast lots that day and the lot fell upon Zechariah that you are the one that's supposed to go in. You are the one that's supposed to be operating kind of like a high priest that day. You are the one that's supposed to get, go in there. I tell you, that's a holy setup right there from God. That's a holy setup. God knew that he had to get him away from the crowd, get him away from the normalcy so he could speak something into him that only he was supposed to hear. So here he is, he's doing the priestly duties and all of a sudden an angel of the Lord appeared. The angel of the Lord appeared and Zechariah was actually shocked. God forbid you go into a place where God's supposed to be and he actually shows up. Right? Thank the Lord that his presence is here in this place. Thank the Lord that he is even gripping your heart and grabbing a hold of your heartstrings the very moment your foot touches this pavement out here. I thank for it. I thank God for it. I thank him. I believe we're going to see, come on, this isn't even the notes. I believe that we're going to see salvations right out in this parking lot because the glory of the Lord is going to overtake this place. I believe it. I believe it. So the angel of the Lord goes to Zechariah and he said, hey, listen, you're going to have a son and he's going he's gonna to do all this, that, and the other and he's going to be able to spin plates on his fingers and dribble a basketball really good. You know, all these different things that he's going to do. And all of a sudden, Zechariah said this, how can this be? How can this be? How can I make sure that this is actually going to happen? Well, number one, here you are in the tabernacle and an angel of the Lord comes and visits you. An angel of the Lord is standing right there talking. Wouldn't that be proof enough for you, right? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> he said, how can this happen? Listen, bro, I am old and my wife is also up in years. Lord, and he was being nice about it. He was being nice about it. He said, my lady, is, she's well along in years. And the angel said, 
Listen, I, and I can, when I read this, I don't read it like just like words. I, you feel it jumping off the page. I am Gabriel, and I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who actually sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you're going to be silent and unable to speak until the baby is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Here's what I want us to know. When God reveals a promise to you, don't doubt it because he very well could take your voice away. How many times does God come in on the scene and maybe it's just, you're not getting all the details, but all of a sudden you have this peace. The Bible talks about a peace that surpasses all kinds of understanding, right? A peace comes over you and you feel that gentle whisper of the Holy Spirit, I'm with you, it's going to be okay. But then we start picking it apart. But Lord, how can this happen? And we start giving them the facts. Well, Lord, number one, this is an issue. You're going to have to deal with that. Number two, it's like we're trying to prove God wrong when he's standing right there. Oh, friends, this should not be. When the Holy Spirit speaks, it's time to align our will with his. Even Jesus, listen, Jesus even understands this. Remember when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was wait, they were getting ready to come and haul him away and, and he was praying and his disciples, they were there, but they really weren't on board and they were sleeping and they weren't interceding and, and he came out a couple times and he said, can you just... Pray with me just for a little bit. He was in deep anguish and he knew what was getting ready to happen. And Jesus cried out to the Lord in Luke 22, verse 42. And he said this to God the Father. Father, if you are willing, can you please take this cup of suffering away from me? And then in the next words, I don't even believe it was another breath, but he said this, but not my will, but let yours be done. Listen, God knows that you and I have a will because he gave us a will. He gave us a personality, but he also gives us the right to say, Lord, I lay my will down so that yours can be accomplished. You see, miracles can happen if we will just come into agreement with God's plan. And can I tell you, it, you don't even have to like it. It doesn't, think about it, Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16, they were falsely accused and they were beaten and they were thrown into prison. But instead of grumbling and complaining about where they were at, they were singing and praising God naked in a jail cell. Come on, let's just say what it is. It wasn't this pretty thing and we get three little meals a day and can play internet, right? It wasn't any of that. It was the, they were there, they were beaten and they were bruised and it was cold and it was probably moans of death and groaning all over the place and rats and feces. Come on, let's just talk about this for a second. They were there and instead of grumbling about the position that they were in, they were praising God and immediately a miracle happened. A suddenly happened, all the... the Everything in that place shook. All the doors opened and all of the chains fell off everyone that was in that entire prison. 
We don't understand this. But what we do need to get a hold on and get a grip on is that it doesn't matter where you are at. It doesn't matter what kind of job you have or what position you are in or what kind of status that you hold. You have been given the God given ability to rise up, bless the Lord, and decree, Lord, let your will be done in my life. Let your will be done in my family's life. Let your will be done in my children's life. Let your will be done in my, in my grandchildren's life. Holy Spirit, come. You've got the right to do that. And can I tell you, when you do that, something shifts. Something shifts within the climate of your heart. And I will guarantee you, if you'll start doing it, you'll watch miracles start to unravel right before your very eyes. Come on, can we give God a praise, a praise break right in this room? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. Thank you, God. Well, not only do Christmas miracles happen when we rejoice with others, when we come into agreement with his plan, but man, this is so good. Christmas miracles will happen when you finally decide to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Look at what happened here in Luke chapter one. Awe, it wasn't like, ah, no, awe. Fear, shock, and awe fell upon that whole neighborhood. And the news of what had happened spread throughout the Judean hills. And everyone, everybody say everyone. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and asked, what in the world is this child going to turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord is surely upon him in a special way. Listen, they're not talking about the Messiah here. They're talking about John the Baptist that is going to lead the way for the Messiah. And then all of a sudden, his father, Zechariah, who hadn't been able to speak, who hadn't been able to say a word, now all of a sudden he's like, Lord, I come into agreement with your plan. His name is John. And his father, Zechariah, was then filled with the Holy Spirit, and he began to give this particular uh, prophecy. Now listen, there are some folks out there that are teaching and preaching and leading people to believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit stopped at the acts of the apostles. They're out there. They're in this city. They are preaching it from their pulpits in this city, in this county, in this state. They're teaching it and leading people to believe that that is nonsense, that that is fanaticism. It is actually called, and here's a word that you'll want to hold on to for one of these days. It's actually called cessationism. They do not believe that there's any miracles. They do not believe, I mean, what's the point then? Right? You contradict salvation all over the place because even salvation is a miracle. Amen. Right? You contradict uh, all of these different things. And I hope and I pray that some people are preaching out of ignorance rather than just being a flat-out heretic. 
I, I believe that you, you just, uh, and ignorance is not a bad word. Ignorance just means that there is a lack of knowledge on your part. And most likely, they're preaching and teaching something that someone adamantly refused to acknowledge back then when they were being taught. And they're just reproducing what they know. Oh, but don't we know that there is an encounter that we can have with God that he can change in a second the things that we think, the things that are wrong. Our eyes will be enlightened and we have the ability to move in the gifts of the Spirit as the Holy Spirit leads. We, we can see it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. God distributes all of these. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. In other words, God is the one that's putting it before you and giving you the opportunity to move in his Spirit. Well, those gifts of the Spirit, there's wisdom, there is knowledge. In other words, knowledge. That information was not known, but God revealed it in a moment. There's faith. All of a sudden, God gives you an extra measure of faith that you just don't, I don't know how it's gonna happen. I'm just, I'm just speaking faith into this situation. How many have ever seen that happen before? You just interject faith out of nowhere. You're like, where is this coming from? It's coming from God. Healings, miraculous power, Prophecy, this is the one we were just talking about with Zechariah, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits. And can I tell you, distinguishing between spirits or discernment, if you want to look at it like that, doesn't mean right from wrong. It's being able, because we can, we can figure that out for ourselves, can we not? You can look at God. Discernment is used to figure out between what is right and what's almost right. Do you hear that? What's right and what is almost right because there are fakes out there all over the place, right? There are all kinds of things. There's tongues, there's interpretation. Well, in this particular situation, Zechariah in Luke chapter one, Zechariah, the Holy Spirit comes upon him. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. Now he's beginning to operate in the prophetic utterance. He's beginning to operate. He doesn't know, all, all he knows is this. And he, he's speaking as the Holy Spirit is moving through him. And he says this in 70, verse 76, and you, my little son, you will be called the prophet of the most high because you will prepare the way of the Lord you will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins because, God's, uh, because of God's tender mercy. The morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. He's prophesying the Messiah. And he said this, he's going to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and, and to guide us through, through the path of peace. He is moving in the gifts of the Spirit, foretelling the Messiah whom he does not even realize is on the, the heels of his own son. It's absolutely incredible. We see it happen again and again, but we saw it happen in Acts chapter one. They were all gathered together in one place and the Holy Spirit came upon them and they had a suddenly moment. And it says this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you're gonna be my witnesses. 
Friends, can I tell you, if there was an ever a time in the history of ever, we have got to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It can't just be the preacher in the pulpit. It's got to be everyone that's in the pews. Why? Because Jesus Christ is coming back quick, and we need a lot of miracles to take place before that happens. Amen? Thank you so much for tuning in to the message. If you desire to grow deeper in your faith, we want to help you. Text the word GROW to 419-495-6802. You can also stay up to date on everything coming up by checking out limafirst.church and hitting the events tab. Lastly, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future LFC content. We'll see you next time.